again. Welcome, everybody. I was a robot. Did you know? I was a robot on that one. That was for, terrible. For a second. And not your mama. I know what you were doing. The Christian podcast that doesn't take it. Okay, okay. Seriously. You're, please don't do any more. And I okay. am your host. Stop, please. Seriously. Jane. Shane, 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 Shane. Eric, seriously, stop. Like, I know, I know, I know part of the joke. No, stop, stop, stop. I know part of the joke is like, you do an intro and I don't like it. But seriously, that was terrible. <laughs> wow. And I'm actually, it's like making me mad. You know, I'm not even joking. You know, there's. It is making me mad. There is such a thing intro. as like deciding, you know, maybe using a little bit of a filter to decide when to be nice and when to be mean. Have you ever done that? For other people, yeah. For, for other not people. Not for you. Oh, okay. hey, we have, hey, we have we have some an audience member. Oh, here we're at, oh, he's, he's not allowed us. to talk. Yeah, yeah. We are recording this in my roommate's room, uh-huh. who you guys may know is ex-host of this podcast. Yeah, eat the RAC top hard <laughs> stopper, and he's just sitting over there watching us do it. Yeah, it's at night. Yeah, he just <laughs> he just happens to be home, <laughs> but we're not giving him a mic. Yeah, no, he quit on us. Yeah, he is not. Yeah, <laughs> he's not getting on us. Anyway, yeah, that's right. Hey, so we we've recorded a couple episodes recently about. Um, about Hollywood mm-hmm. uh, stuff, about all the, the all the sexual, sexual harassment, yeah, sexual stuff with Weinstein and Lucy K at the time, which obviously there's a lot and more, many more, yeah. Um, and then we last, I think it was last week's episode, we talked about um, pastors when it came to yeah. moral failures, yeah. and then this past week we saw the the pastor who, yeah, who, I was so mad because like I, we we just released our episode uh, last Tuesday about moral failure of pastors and then that day i found out about this pastor at, at a mega church in uh kentucky who cares i don't really remember um and uh and who who was accused of sexual harassment no he did um, it yeah yeah but was, he he admitted to it yeah it was the minor 20 years ago 20 years ago he already like supposedly took like whatever the punishment was at his church happened and which there really wasn't much of a punishment. I mean, he yeah. he didn't have a job, but yep. it, it it wasn't like they announced it. I or mean, anything. his punishment should have been jail. Yeah, that should have been his punishment. If you, if you have no idea what we're talking about, basically this uh, this pastor um, now who's married and and has kids. Uh, this was before he was married. He was in college and he was a youth pastor or worked in youth ministry. And uh, he took a girl home who was seventeen, who was in the youth group, and uh, and then basically um, did molested something. her. And you can read all about it. I'm not going to talk about everything they did. But you can find it. Uh, so it, it was against the law uh, with a minor. Yep. And um, and but more so than that, it was a pastor abusing his power and authority. But what was so hypocritical recently was it came out. I guess yeah. that 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 girl or whatever spoke out with all the Me Too everything. Yeah, uh, spoke stuff out. That's coming. It out. came out, so he had to admit it to his church. Mm-hmm. And his church, of course, showed their appreciation <laughs> to <laughs> him apologizing for some, something yeah. horrendous he did 20 years ago by giving him a standing ovation. Oh. It's a great way, church, to handle that situation. Maybe instead of doing that, maybe try to find the girl who's probably still dealing with that assault yeah. and still dealing with the scars that that's left because this guy robbed this innocent girl of, and, of something. And if you if you you can go and watch his apology because he did But hey, he's church. probably a great pastor. Yeah, right? You know what? <laughs> I mean, he's probably so good at it, so you, he's got to keep going. But if you go and watch it, it's really uncomfortable because the whole time that 
that he's given this apology that he wrote out and and he's explaining it to this to his current church which by the way he's only doing because now it is, it is coming out but the entire time he was giving this apology he kept saying I apologize for this incident that happened 20 years ago. Like yeah. he kept saying 20 years ago, 20 years ago, 20 years ago. And then the lead pastor came up and prayed for him and said, "Yeah, 20 years ago, we we pray that that this woman can find um find uh forgiveness." Yeah, like can't you be over it by now? Right, right. That basically that's what they're saying. The fact that over and over and over again they kept saying 20 years ago is saying, "You know what? This is ridiculous that she's bringing this up now. This happened in the past. We've all moved on. You should have moved on too." Yeah, and that just that just shows a whole different dynamic to the whole Me Too stuff. It's a it's a classic the, example of the abuser making the victim feel even worse about yeah. themselves, and then the abuser trying to play the victim. Yeah. So the with it being twenty years and the ago, church giving them sane innovation with the, with yeah you know, with it being twenty years ago, we don't know what kind of reconciliation and all that kind of stuff. For everything I've read, it sure seems like there wasn't a lot. Uh, all the reconciliation that I read is that they never spoke after that. Yeah. So. The church didn't allow him to. Yeah. So so there's a whole deeper thing. Um, that he he now is on leave. Like they suspended him now. Yeah, because it got solely out. because it affects the bottom line of their business. Uh-huh. That is why. Yeah. Which has a lot of churches. Not because um, they because if, if they thought it was the moral thing to do, they would have done it immediately. Mm-hmm. But then they got salvation. Oh, okay, we're good. We're in the good spots. Oh no, everyone's really mad at this. Oh, yeah. oh, I guess we need to do something else. Because if they if they really felt bad, they would have put him on leave as soon as it all came out before he even read this apology yeah. to the church. If I mean, if a pastor of mine something like that was was on his record, and I mm-hmm. found out, I don't. That's something that I don't know if he can. Yeah. Like I, I would, it would for sure be like you need to chill while I figure this out. But I don't know if he if he could still be an employee right, when right. you do something like that. I'm not saying anything because we we, mm-hmm. had, we had a whole episode on this. But something like yeah, like and abusing suppose- or, or molesting right. or whatever a a 17 year old a minor right. like that's something that's like oh boy. And and all the articles that I read said that he informed this new church, because this happened at a previous church, he informed this new church when they hired him of this incident, yeah. according to the article. So, uh, so it's on the church. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's really, really, really messed up. And yep. I was like, oh my goodness, as soon as we release this podcast about yep. pastors messing up, we get this. We get a pastor who's in this Me Too yep. movement as well. And then this past week, we've we've seen stuff when it comes to the Hollywood side of James Franco. Yeah. It's five women, I think, that have accused him. He's denying all of it. Who who knows who can even keep up with it at this point? Right. Uh, but the most interesting one happened yesterday was Aziz Ansari. Yeah. So if you don't know who Aziz is, he was Tom on Parks and Rec. Oh, yeah. Great show. Um, he's also um, the creator and star of Master of None. Um, stand-up comedian. Stand-up comedian. Yeah. He's he's a pretty funny guy. So basically, a report came out, um, a pretty well-written article um, about basically how he was with this girl, and they were basically saying that he pressured her into uh-huh. having sex or doing sexual things with him, and basically saying that this is also part of the Me Too movement where this girl was in an uncomfortable situation and mm-hmm. pressured to do something that she shouldn't do, and mm-hmm. try kind of putting him in that same spot as Harvey Weinstein and those kind of people. Yeah. Um, another article came out today that kind of was against that. Um, it's This brings up a whole new different dynamic because right. this isn't a guy who, who raped a girl or anything like that. It's a guy who... Um, Pressured brought, a girl to have sex. Yep. When who, she didn't really want to. Yes. But didn't force her. Correct. According to both sides. Yes, according to both sides. So she wasn't raped. She didn't want anything. She was pressured. Uh-huh. Um, so so where, where do you... 
what's your uh, opinions when you see. think about this? Because it's hard. Because yeah, yeah. first off, we're two white males. Yeah, I don't have to ever deal with this. Yeah, this is this is this is a really really. I tough never one. had a situation where a a female was pressuring me. Uh, to be intimate with me, Cause, including your wife. <laughs> yeah, because it just never happened. I don't know what that is. <laughs> I honestly, I, this, I I don't even really feel very comfortable talking about this because we're not, like you said, in that situation. I don't know what it's like to be a girl in that situation. Um, but I know that this is not uh, that out of the ordinary. In a guy and a girl yeah, relationship, period, period. That doesn't mean that it's okay. Yeah, period. I we have so many friends that yep. and part you know, of, would pressure girls right. into doing stuff. And part part of this movement is to change the culture. So this is part of that that absolutely needs to be changed. A yep. guy needs to know and pick up on the hints that a girl. Got, well, really, the guy knows when a girl drops hints of, "Hey, I don't want to do this," or yeah. vice versa. People know when the other person is dropping hints, but they aren't coming out ex- like. Uh, uh, and, and having to say, no, stop. But they're dropping hints. And a lot of times, guys will be like, okay, yeah, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep pushing. I'm going to keep pushing. Yeah. I'm going to keep pushing. And, and it's not okay to do. And it's not appropriate to do. But I don't think that Aziz Ansari should be in the same category as Louis C.K. and no. Harvey Weinstein and all of those people. Yeah, did he act like a, a jerk? Yep. Yes. Yep. Was, Absolutely. Was, was he like uh, a pig? Mm-hmm. Yes. Was he wrong? Absolutely. Yeah. Do, does he deserve to lose his career no i i don't know i I really think it's and this is a weird situation where like i can see how both sides feel about this whereas he's sorry um is probably at a point where he's used to he's not used to anyone saying no to him Mm -hmm. because he's He's a celebrity because all that stuff that's not his fault um and so when he's doing this with a girl and she's feeling comfortable she might be dropping hints of no and he either isn't reading them correctly or or, ignores or just kind of ignoring them, like, no, she's just playing, whatever. Um, and I could see he's saying, I didn't read it that way. I could understand that. I don't, yeah. I, I went in a situation where I can't say it. But I completely understand her side thinking, I'm trying yeah. to tell him Leave no. Leave me alone. And he won't. Mm-hmm. Um, she, I know some people saying she could have just, she could have left. She could have done all this other stuff. But, but it's hard in that situation. Yeah. I mean, if, if a girl doesn't want to do it, she shouldn't have to feel like she has to keep saying no yeah too so shouldn't she shouldn't but same time you can just get up and go right if you have to so i i it seems like a just abyss a big miscommunication with one guy who is used to getting his way when it comes to that stuff so he's a jerk about it if he mm-hmm. doesn't get his way mm-hmm. and and then a girl who felt like a victim yeah. and i understand why she feels that way but yeah. it's the the hard the hard part is that with this whole movement that is necessary and good and is and is changing the culture the hard part is now because it has gained so much so much momentum um, what is going to start happening is people who just maybe had a a not good experience, an uncomfortable experience, but not really a criminal experience, coming out and ruining the careers of other people. Because as soon as we hear a report now, we automatically assume yep, the we worst. We put them in the category. We put yep. them in the category, and now they're labeled with yeah. th- with this. They're another abuser. Yeah, my but my worry with if that keeps happening, which it is, is mm-hmm. an over oversaturation of that yeah where then all of a sudden we'll be like well we can't even keep up with all the people so so at this point whatever yeah. it's a mess which, which i feel like it's starting to happen where it's like okay no other person other person i can't even keep up whatever where now all these people that are really doing terrible things i think might slip under the cracks because mm-hmm. there's a there's just so many names that are being brought out and even some names that are just being jerks and not necessarily yeah. doing anything criminally yeah so that that's the fear that i'm having with all this stuff but um anyways well hey we have we have a great um 
interview today, mm-hmm. and um, it went our interview with a guy named named John, um, who is the host of a podcast called Are You Real Podcast. Um, Shane, why don't you tell us how that interview went? Um, I wasn't there for it. <laughs> yeah, it was just me. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I, I rode solo on an interview. You finally did an interview without me. <laughs> I did one without you. Yeah, one. Yeah, and you did one without me. <laughs> yeah, but you at least had somebody else. Oh, please. <laughs> he wants a much help. <laughs> right, right back there. Um, yeah, well, no one is, no what's kind of nice about doing an interview by yourself is at times you and me talk a lot. Yeah, too and there, much. And when we, sometimes when we do an interview, we I'll read that you're trying to say something or, or you'll read that I'm trying to say something. So I have something ready to say, but I see you're about to say something, so I let you go. And then by the time, forget. By the time it gets to me, yeah. it's like my point doesn't matter anymore mm-hmm. or whatever. So when you do a solo interview, it's nice. But but basically, we talked a lot care. about... Um, <laughs> we talked a lot about being authentic and being real uh, when it comes to Christianity, your faith. Mm-hmm. And before we get to the interview, I want to ask you, we're, we're a podcast, we're hosts, so we at times play up certain aspects of us. What would you say the percentage is of how authentic you are on this podcast? Because I try oh, to be authentic, but yeah, I do yeah. play things up. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a good question. I mean, I, I really, honestly, I just ask myself, I don't, percentage of me being real on the podcast yeah, I would say because you're not your realist, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say eighty five percent. Yeah, I would go with that, like eighty percent. I I play up. Here's I I, I don't love people. Oh no, it's not. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't here's what love I meant, anything. Here's what I meant to say. I'm not a big people person. Uh-huh. I do like and love people because I'm commanded to, but <laughs> but but I have to not because I choose. To. See, even now I can't get out of the character. <laughs> I, I obviously am more of a people person than I pretend to be on the podcast. Um, so at times on the podcast, I, I play up like how I hate people and I'm the grumpy whatever mm. person because you've kind of pigeonholed me into that. Me? You. But why me? I didn't, you have. I didn't force you. You you made me the bad guy. You wanted a bad no guy. Way. Say hello to the bad no, guy. Yeah, right. Here I am. Yeah, right. So so well, I know that's what that's what plays well. So now I just try to, I, I lean into that a you, little you more. You said, you know, you know that that's what plays yeah, well. Yeah, that's what the. You're the, acting like that's, that's not what the you. Guests, that's what the guests love. You're, you're acting like you aren't a person I just, who is I just, just exaggerated a little more. Please. Give it a, okay, what example do you have of me being. Easy. All right. Uh, when I was in seventh grade, I've shared this story. It's a this is this is a classic sermon oh, story is... from Shane Valenstein. So um, when you I was in this seventh story plays, grade, this, this story shows maybe me being a little bit drunk and you being a little bit of a sissy. So it plays into both of our characters. Go ahead, tell your story. Okay. So uh, while I was in seventh grade, I went to go sit down in music class, and my friend did the did the classic pull the chair out oh, what a prank you when you go to sit down. The problem jokester. is he didn't pull it out far enough, and I hit my head on the way down yeah. to the ground. The music teacher saw it and flipped and was like, oh, my goodness, don't move. Don't move your neck. Don't move your head. So I'm laying there on the ground just terrified and freaking out. And so he she, thought, it was it he or she, he, the teacher? He thought you, like, broke your neck. He thought you were yeah. going to be paralyzed. He saw it happen, and he saw me hit my head. So he was like, don't move, don't move. I and mean, then in seventh grade, no, I freaked out. <laughs> I freaked out. And I was like, oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. Well, yeah, I mean, I could move my hands and legs and everything like that, but, like, it <laughs> hurt. You're fine. Get up. It hurt. And anyway, so. You made a big deal over nothing. See, you're being mean. <laughs> so he calls he calls the, the front office, and then they call an ambulance. So, well, they call 911. And then the whole school does a all call of saying. Yes. Everyone's, code red. Everybody go red. Everyone <laughs> stay red. in your class. Code and red over the whole school. The very next call, 
is Eric Bounce please come to the office. I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, like Co-Red, nobody <laughs> leave and lock your doors because that's what they do whenever yeah. like paramedics come. By the way, can Eric come to the office? Yeah. We just need to see him. I thought they were going to sacrifice me. <laughs> yeah. That was going to rescue me. It's like the me. DC sniper. Here, take yeah. him. <laughs> and so now. I came down and they and the principal brought me to yeah. where you were. So I'm laying on the ground. to be paralyzed. Laying on the ground, not moving my neck. Paramedics are coming. They're on their way. They may have been there at this point. And Eric walks in the room and they're looking at me and 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 the principal is next to Eric and I'm laying on the ground paramedics are there getting me ready putting me in a neck brace and all this sort of stuff and, and then I'm uh, just looking I was like okay what's yeah. happening and uh, and the principal leans over to Eric and says hey why don't you go over and hold your brother's hand yeah why would he ask me to do that I can't say no I probably, think you're paralyzed because you're pretending because to be paralyzed because he thought that maybe maybe you my paralyzed brother you're pretending like would it. care <laughs> that I'm about to be medevaced to shock trauma in a helicopter from school. Yeah. So Eric walks over, <sighs> kneels down do next that. to me. You're exaggerating. Kneels down next to me, takes his pointer finger and his thumb. That's correct. That's it. That's Those correct. are the only two fingers. Reaches out, pinches my hand, holds it up, and looks the other way. Do you know how uncomfortable that is? I have trouble looking at you while we do this podcast. I'm I not know. Doing, I'm holding your looks hand. Looks the other way. And I'm sitting there like not even I'm with, already freaking out with all the. You're sitting there with a brace on, with a broken neck. You turn your head and look at me like, "What are you doing?" It was it was weird, but it was weird because you made it weird. I didn't. No, by, by doing just no, your, the principal made it weird. The, the told thing. me I had to hold your hand. Yeah, and then the principal says, "Hey, do you want to ride with him in the helicopter Biggest and leave school early?" Biggest mistake of my life. <laughs> and he said, "No." Biggest he mistake of my life. He left me. You could have gotten a free helicopter ride yeah. and left school, got out of school the rest of the day, and you left me alone that, to fly in a helicopter to Johns Hopkins down in Baltimore City. That principal threw my game off that day. <laughs> I didn't know what, but you know what? Here's you know what I played up. What after you flown off? Because people thought you were dying. Yeah. Which, by the way, was anything wrong? Um, no, I had uh, my spinal cords out of alignment, oh. and I still have scoliosis <laughs> okay. to this day. Okay, so you were paralyzed. That like goes into my like back you were problems. Pretending to be, but I, the rest of the day I was sitting there, like we'd go to lunch and stuff, and all these girls came up to me and said, "Is your brother okay?" <laughs> girls you've never spoken to in your life. No, and I went, <laughs> I went. I think he'll be okay. <laughs> I swear I did. You I went, jerk. I went, I think I think he'll make it. I think he'll pull through. <laughs> you jerk. Hey, I was not uh, I was You not are not big, real. I was <laughs> I was not a chick magnet back then. Yeah, so aren't. We already so, established in this podcast. Yeah, so I whatever way I could get in, I, I was getting in. Wow, okay, Aziz. Yeah. So anyways, okay, well, um, let's get to our interview with with John from the Are You Real podcast. We really appreciate him uh, coming on, and he was nice enough yeah. to also have us on his podcast. So we will let you know when that episode comes out. But check out our interview with John. I graduated high school there and then uh, ended up getting a scholarship uh, after high school and then moved to New Mexico for uh, 10 years. Oh, snap. New Mexico. I don't, I've never heard anyone from New Mexico. <laughs> yeah, so the logo for New Mexico is the land of enchantment, and I call it the land of entrapment. <laughs> um, it's uh, definitely a... I'll tell you this. I, I got saved, really, when I lived in New Mexico, and it was the most 
darkest spiritual ground I've ever been in. Um, and we can go into more in that detail later, but it was yeah. definitely a battleground spiritually to live in, which was kind of crazy. Wow. So did you grow up in a Christian home or, or what was like your home life like? Uh, my home life was crazy. So, um, as part of my testimony, so, um, uh, my parents didn't get married until I was like four. My, my mom wanted to marry my dad. He said, uh, no. And he said, or she says, well, if you don't marry me, I'm going to move to New Zealand. And he thought she was kidding. Uh, (laughs) and he said, send me a postcard. So, uh, a couple Jeez. weeks later, he got a postcard uh, from Auckland, New Zealand. My mom took me. We moved there for a couple years. And then when we came back, my parents got married. But um, from there, it was just really kind of a, a crazy life. Both, uh, And I love my parents. They're awesome. But um, they just have a lot of uh, childhood issues that they never, I guess, dealt with. Yeah. So that being said, uh, my mom was, uh, and still is, uh, a hardcore alcoholic and, um, drug addict and, uh, has tried to get through stuff. But when I was nine, my brother was three, he drowned in a pool and he died. Oh, gosh. And that kind of made, went from bad to worse. And then that being said, my mom was in and out of prison. Uh, lost a lot of, um, just my childhood, man. I got, I was sexually abused by my mom's best friend at 12. Uh, she went to prison for a while. She got out and she got saved in jail. And because of that, uh, we started going to church when she got out, which I think I was about a freshman, I guess, maybe in, um, high school. And and I'm giving you a really like a 30,000 foot view, but, um, that being said, I kind of, I kind of went to young life, um, uh, I had a youth pastor, young life pastor that really, really saved my life, really just helped me through some really dark times. Uh, mm-hmm. He didn't know what was going on totally, but um, I joke around. I literally, the police were at our house for domestic violence probably three days three times a week uh for most of my high school dude it was crazy like if my mom didn't get hauled off my dad did um and again man I i love my parents they just they had a lot of hurts and a lot of things that they never were able to work through or understand the the stuff that i've been able to and because of that it just our childhood was hell and uh and i just knew i for me i was just i I just remember laying in bed at night just crying i was just like god like it could not be any worse than this like i'd rather be dead and uh so my only option to get out my we were a poor family and uh my option to get out was um sports so i Mm -hmm. excelled in football and got a scholarship and was like dude i'm out of here i'm never looking back and uh i don't know anything about life but we're just gonna figure it out and man i i left and never went back wow i mean that's that's an incredible story man like coming from that that upbringing and that um past but then being being successful now and and growing in your walk that's that's incredible man yeah i mean the one thing that my wife and i um i I don't claim to be this i mean i I would say and i don't want to brag or sound egotistical but i I would say i have a lot of common sense um Uh i'm not the i was never the smartest guy in school i mean i could get by with a's and b's I'm, i'm not the sharpest guy but the reason I say that is, is the one thing 
that I can say that when I truly got saved, like I sold out and was like, okay, Lord, like I'm literally going to let, like life isn't working out. It sucks. And you're going to have to fix this. And all I know to do is surrender my will to yours and whatever you have for me, I'm like totally game with it. And, um, because of my willingness to surrender, um, to what I believe is a, is a God divine, uh, purpose, um, mm-hmm. my life is flirt. Now it's been hard. I mean, dude, I got so many stories. Life's been hard, but it's always, flir- yeah. it's always flourished. Wow. I mean, and it, it shows the perspective you're looking at too, because a lot of people could have uh, the exact lifestyle and just say by that it's been terrible forever, where you've obviously had terrible things you've had to deal with, but through it, you've flourished because of the love of God and, and, and things like that. So, it, it also is the perspective that you're looking at things too, right? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, believe, um, I love, uh, I think, and I'm going to jack it up, I'm sure, but Zig Ziglar makes a quote. He, he says that your, uh, your altitude is determined by your attitude. Yeah. And man, th- there's just so much truth to that. When you change your perspective on life and the things like, um, one of the things that I, learned several years ago in, um, in a prophetic ministry class. Uh, these people are just amazing people, but I remember them just talking about like, never ask God the question, like, why this, like, why me? Why is this happening to me? Like we, we focus on all these negative, like why, like poor me type attitudes uh-huh. when we really should be going before God and say, okay, father, what are you trying to show me? Yeah. And when we can get that perspective, because he's never going to tell us why. Uh, at least yeah. I, I never get it. I mean, maybe somebody else here has, but I, I never have. And I don't yeah. know anybody else who has. But but when I've gone to him with the perspective of, okay, what are you trying to show me and how can I deal with this correctly? Then I get answers and I'm able to walk through some really hard things. Yeah. I mean, I I hate the saying, um, uh, everything happens for a reason. I hate that saying because I more believe that God allows everything to happen for a reason. Like, I don't believe that the past you went through is God said that needs to happen in order. I think that he allowed it. He's, I mean, he's God. He's in control. He can do whatever he wants. He can change anything. But if he is, we all have free will. Yes. This world is a broken world. There's sin in this world. And because of that, it's going to affect innocent people like you, like me. Um, and then we are also going to do things that affect other people. God gives us that choice to do that. But no matter what we go through, God doesn't like force this thing to happen to you, but he allows it. And there's all he's always bringing us back to him. I mean, if you look at the beginning, God's plan was for us to be in perfection and and in, in paradise. And then the, then Adam and Eve messed up and we're, he's still pointing us back to him the whole time. So it's like God is always using everything in our life for a purpose if we allow him to. But I hate when people say like, well, everything happens for a reason. It's like, well, there, there's sin in this world. I guess that's why things happen. But God is is allowing it. And if you let him, he can t- take something broken and just make it flourish, like you said. Yeah, I love that you brought that up. I mean, there's so much truth to that. And I hate that too. Like people will say, well, why did God do that? Or why did God allow that or whatever? And and here's the thing. Um, Could God stop it? Yeah, probably. Um, But here's the issue with that. And you said it. He gave us free will. So it was never God's intention for my mom. um, You know, the Lord gave me a heart for my mom to see her dad committed suicide when she was 12. 
Yeah. Uh, her mom uh, left her. Her mom was a prostitute and left her on a doorstep. So Jeez. was was that ever God's intention for my mom? Yeah. Absolutely not. Yep. Um, but because of that, my mom wasn't able to get healing. So therefore, it carried over into our relationship. So was it God's intention for uh, me to be abused? Absolutely not. But he is the ultimate remodeler. Uh, Jesus was a carpenter. And the thing is, is he can bring us back. You know, it says, uh, I don't know where it's at, but in New Testament says, therefore I'm a new creation in Christ. The old is gone. The new has come. He can literally change us. And that's what he wants to do is take everybody's screwed up free will because uh, we all think we know what we're doing at least i at least i i think i do sometimes and then i, I screw I it always up think and, then I I'm like, and then i'm like okay god can you fix this because i've totally screwed it up and uh and that's his grace and his mercy in the midst of our bad choices of free will exactly um so john uh, you you've started. Um, you're you're the host of a podcast called Are You Real Podcast. How long have you been hosting this podcast? Um, so I started last year in August. So August, okay. September, October, November. So four, twelve, sixteen months. Uh, some of you, I know some of you out there are counting faster than I am. That's okay. But <laughs> it's uh, it's been sixteen months, and uh, we're uh, it's been a blast, dude. I've I've really enjoyed really enjoyed it. So what what's your goal of your podcast? What are you trying to do with it? So. The reason I started my podcast is I, at the time I was going to a big mega church and I remember I got the opportunity to sit down with some of the uh, head people at the church. And what I saw was, is like all these people with talent and like had so much to offer the world, but they weren't being utilized because they didn't have a platform. Yeah. And that really bothered me because I only saw quote unquote, like uh, superstars on stage. And I was like, dude, something about this just isn't right. Like I want to create an opportunity for people to shine. And, uh, and in the midst of that, you know, how do I use my natural gifts and abilities and talents to, to do that? And I wasn't sure I had no idea. Like this was a process of a couple years of just like figuring this out. So, um, I started coming in, start taking a lot of strengths and gift tests and all these different things and finding purpose and, and, and all that. And as I started putting that together, I realized I, I heard, um, there was this podcast course and I was like, well, I'm going to buy that and just like see what it's all about. So I bought it and then I'm like, I can do this. I'm just going to do it. And, um, but here's the thing though. I, I gave myself one year. Cause I know my personality, dude, I'm a starter, not a maintainer. Yeah. <laughs> right. So yeah, I was yeah. like, okay, so for one year I'm going to do this. So at six months I was like, dude, I was ready to throw in the towel. I was like, this sucks. <laughs> um, it's a lot of work. I get like, I think at the time I was getting like uh two to 3000 downloads a month. Yeah. And I was like, this is stupid, dude. I'm spending all this money, all this time. And my wife was like, she encouraged me. She was amazing. And, uh, by month, like seven or eight, dude, like it just started gaining traction. And by like month nine and 10, dude, like we were hitting top of the charts. Um, I think in December last year, we beat out Joel Olstein for like a couple of days. Wow, and, uh, look at that. Yeah. So, I mean, to like, <laughs> to like pull up iTunes and see that your number one was like, it was like surreal. Like it was like, wow, really? Is this like legit? Like, um, not that you made it or anything, but it like, kind of yeah, yeah. make, it makes you feel good. Like, Hey, like 
all this work for a year is actually paying off. So yeah, that was a, such a long-winded answer to your question. But to say that, no, no. I created my podcast to, one, um, to have a voice myself, but also to prop up. My goal is to, to get people that are stay-at-home moms having revival in their house all the way to uh, New York. I've had New York Times best-selling authors on my show and everybody in between because every person has a gift and a talent that God's given them that absolutely the person next to them in life needs. Like we need each other. We need each other's gifts and talents. And I want to pull those out of people and I want to hear people shine. And it's not about, I believe the days are over of these one time superstars, right? And, uh, uh, on stage that this next revival that I believe is coming is going to be people like in the workplace all over, just like shining, uh, with God's glory. Oh, I agree with that. I mean, I think that's why podcasts are, are so popular now too, because anyone could do it. It's, 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 uh, it takes a lot of work and you have to get a certain amount of stuff, but it's not hard to do. It's not like once you get all the stuff you need and you start making episodes, you can release it on iTunes and, and you have a voice now. Um, I remember when, when we started this, it was like a uh, year and a half ago, I think. Um, it was myself, my brother, and another co-host. Um, and I just remember we were like, ah, we just really want to do a podcast and there's we listen to a lot. So let's just try it. And going back, listen to his first couple episodes are rough because they were really bad. <laughs> and then we had no clue what we were doing. We didn't know what our goal was as a podcast, things like that. But then just the more time you put into it that we found is we started getting different feedback from people that was like, oh, this like stupid show that we do during nap time is is actually like helping some people in some small fashion and that makes it easier to keep going for us at least. Right. So what I really like about your podcast is um, you really are pushing authenticity. I mean, even just sharing your story is is you have to be very vulnerable in order to do that. I mean, that's you don't necessarily like sharing that story, but when you use the crappy parts of your life, it shows God even more. And you really, all your interviews I've listened to, it's you're showing, you're asking people to be authentic with who they are, with what they're good at, with what they're not good at, and how God uses them in those in those situations. Yeah. So here's the issue that I had. So when I first got saved, I was going to a church, and uh, dude, I was struggling with pornography. I was struggling with looking around. Um, I was just gotten married. And um, I think like most guys are going to think, oh, well, if I get married and I can have sex uh, with my wife all the time, then I'm not going to struggle with looking around in pornography. At least that's, I thought that and I've heard a lot of other guys say that. That's, which no, is, that's what I thought. That's what I yeah, thought. So the problem with that is, is it just stirs an appetite. And yep. I remember going to my pastor and I was like. Now, he was almost retired. He was like in his late 60s, uh, totally different generation, uh, loved the man to death. He was an awesome guy. But the issue I had with it was, is like, it was just like, well, just pray over it and give it to God and um, it'll go away. It's just hormones or whatever. And I remember thinking in my mind, like, bull, and, um, and, and the problem I had with that is I'm like, this isn't real. Like, this isn't authentic. And... Um, and, and, and I struggle with that, but I saw that for so many years in the church, like as if, um, we're not like, as if we're not freaking imperfect, right? Like we yeah, don't yeah. all have a bag of crap that we're carrying around that, uh, some more than others, but I'm like, let's just be real, dude. Like this is who I am. Is it wrong? Yes. Um, 
Am I working on it? Yes, but let's have grace with each other and help each other. You know, scripturally, it says, you know, help your brother in sin or issues and, and help. I mean, I really saw Jesus. I never saw Jesus really rebuke or blow anybody up except Pharisees, yep. which is, is true. What I saw was is people that were in sin. He went alongside with and said, hey, I love you. Uh, he still called them out on their crap, right? It's not like yep. he said it was OK. Yep. He called it out and said, um, just don't sin anymore. But I, but I love you, and 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 that's the that's the Jesus that I want to portray to people because that is who He's been in my life. Because oh my gosh, dude, when I got saved at twenty, or kind of knew Him all through my teens, um, bro, I was a mess, dude. Like yeah. I was put it this way: when I joke around, when my wife brought me home to meet uh, her family, I was the I was everything that I would not want one of my daughters to marry. <laughs> like I mean, I came home, I was uh, everything. Like it was terrible. Yeah, and, but that's God's grace. Yep, exactly. And and when Jesus wants people to not sin anymore, that is also love. That's God. That's Jesus loving us because he wants a better way for us. And like you said, the Pharisees, he had the meanest things to say about the Pharisees because because they weren't being authentic, because they were being fake, because they were pretending to be something that they weren't, they pretending to be better than everybody else when they when they weren't. And, and, and Jesus was always pushing authenticity. And if you look at the younger generation, that's what they want. They want authenticity from their leaders, from the people they look up to, from from everybody. Yeah. So anyway, so that's my show is basically, and I mean, and, and depending on my audience, I mean, I was on, uh, I don't know what show I was on lately. I was, but you know, even on my show, I've, I've dropped some cuss words and I've said some stuff and I know that that's gotten underneath people's skin. And I'll be honest with you. I did it on purpose because <laughs> there's like, sometimes I think we get so religious, like you can't tell me that there's times that something just pisses you off so bad and you're mm-hmm. so mad that you just don't want to drop an F-bomb. Yep. But but it's like if you do it like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to go to hell. Well, here's the deal. It was in my heart in the first place. Um, Jesus knows. Now, whether it comes out or not, that's different. But there's just times, um, and I hate to say this, but sometimes it just feels good. And then, yeah. and, and, and there's times where I have to sit back and I've had the Holy Spirit say, um, I, I don't want you to, to talk like that. And I'm like, yep. oh, gosh, okay. And then there's <laughs> been other times I've done it, and I haven't felt convicted. So yeah. uh, take that on for theology. I'm sure that's going to jack some people up. Yeah. But. Well, we uh, we did a whole episode on on whether cussing is a sin, and my brother and I are both pastors. And um, in the episode, we cussed, and then we got like <laughs> we got so many calls. Our main point was, like like you said, it's is it really about the words that are said, or is it the heart behind it? Like if I stub my toe and scream shoot, or if I stub my toe and say shit, what's the difference? Nothing. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's, just, it's, it's the heart word, behind man. it. Yes, exactly. And so, and people need to grab that. Yeah, I mean, and it goes back to the, well, here's the image that you need to have. And when everyone's struggling with something, everyone has something that they're, they're dealing with, and everybody acts not like Jesus at times or whatever. So instead of every time persecuting somebody for something like like uh, recently, we did an episode with a friend of mine who's an atheist, and we debated for a while um, just different things. And we're talking about Bible inerrancy and that kind of stuff. And we had an uh, angry email afterwards saying, How, I can't believe you said this. can't believe you did this. And it kind of puts God in a box and saying, well, if you're not in this idea of what God is, 
then it's not true. And and he, he missed the whole point of what the episode was about. It was about talking to my atheist friend about Jesus. And, and we had a good conversation about Jesus. It's we missed the point a lot is what where it comes down to. I think I, I'm convinced that we're going to get to heaven someday. We're going to stand before the Lord and in and, and all his glory. And so many people that are so deeply rooted in theology and all those things, like there's a there's a place for it. And, and I get it. But I really think we're going to stand before God, these people, and we're going to be like, oh, my gosh, I got this so wrong. Like, like there's going to be so many things that we were so hell-bent on and convinced that we wanted to fight people over as mm-hmm. far as what the Word says. And we're going to be like, oh, my gosh, Lord, like, I totally missed that because there was no love rooted in it. You know, what I, mean? I mean, and there's some solid things like uh, I heard a statistic this morning on Caleb that blew my mind. It said 30 percent of Christians don't believe that Jesus rose from the dead. Now, I have an issue with that. That's the theology. I mean, if you don't believe that, then you can't be a Christian because that's the basis of our faith. But but when we start like getting in a pissing match over whether um, I'm going to go to heaven or hell if I cuss or if um, some like really minor things, I'm like, come on, guys, give me a break. Like, just go love somebody and just love them to the Lord. Come on. Anyways, I'm off my soapbox. You you get me going on forever on that stuff. Dude, I oh I could too. Trust me, um, and that's what most of our podcasts are about. Actually, is just going okay. on our soapbox. Um, so, uh, what what is something that you have started to do, or or you've been doing that you have felt helps your faith stay alive and helps your your walk with Jesus continue to grow? So, like one thing that I love to do, and I've done it for years, is um, I'll put in my headphones and I'll just start listening to worship music. Um, and a lot of times it's late at night; everybody's gone to bed, and um, and I'm just able to just chill out and drink some hot tea. And and uh, but I'll put in headphones and I start journaling. And man, I just get in that God zone, and I just start imagining myself sitting at the Father's feet, and I just ask Him questions. I'm like, Lord, what do you say about this? Or who do you say that I am? Or how do I deal with this situation? And I journal it and I just write it down as as I'm having like a conversation with uh, you right now. And those for me are such more meaningful. Now I still read my the word, not as much as I used to. And, uh, I read a lot of Proverbs and, uh, I love, I love a lot of stuff in old Testament and I love Hebrews and, and I dig into that stuff, but my time with like, you can know about somebody. It's like, there's a difference between, are are you married? Yep. Okay. So when you first met, like there's a difference between knowing about your wife versus knowing your wife. Correct. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I don't want to know about God. Like I want to know him Mm -hmm. and those come from times of sitting down and just like saying, who do you say that I am? Or what do you say about this situation? Like those for me are like, like a jumper cables dude on a battery. Like I'm getting amped up in charge and it allows me, uh, to grind out my days. Cause I work long, hard days. Um, I'm like zero to a hundred, almost 10 to 12 hours a day. Yeah. So I have to have, uh, jumper cables. <laughs> <laughs> I, I found, um, the, the older I've, I've gotten and, and the more I've started to dig in or, or challenge myself, that my my understanding of God has has changed since I, I grew up in a Christian home. Since I had my black and white, here's my faith, here's what's right, here's what's wrong, period type type uh, 
faith when I was a kid. And the more I've challenged myself and the more that um, I've spent time with God, the more I'm starting to like reevaluate if the things I believe are just because I've always believed them or, or what it is. And when I started to do that, I found that my faith got a lot stronger because I was relying more more on God than I was on my own understanding or just my background or my comfort because that, that was my comfort really. Um, so the more, I, the more I pushed on myself and I can, and I'm continuing to do that. And the more I'm being, I'm willing to admit that I could be wrong. And so my understanding is that it's, it's not about uh, justifying my beliefs. It's about finding Jesus is what I've come to find the older I've gotten. Yeah. So and you're so true because when we sit down, like, think about this. Uh, I, I get some people have the gift of evangelism and, and it works great, but mm-hmm. here's my, here's my issue with this. So if I come up to somebody and I just blast them with the gospel and I'm like, um, uh, you know, you're a sinner and Jesus went, uh, died on the cross for you. So you wouldn't, uh, go to hell and all that. I'm like, okay, well that, that's great. But man, if, if I come alongside that person in their hurt and their guilt and their shame and all the things that all of us struggle with, and I'm able to love that person is, is the father has loved me all of a sudden I've not just built a relationship, but I've, I've paved a path for them to see a glimpse or just a a microorganism of how good God's love is for them. And then they can experience that for themselves. And the Holy spirit can work through their crap instead of me having to sit there and point it all out. Cause this is what I've realized. We all know we got crap. Yep. I mean, do we not? Why? I don't need somebody to come point, point it out. Now, some people do, but I'm going to say 99% of people, they don't need it. What they need is somebody to come along and they just need to be loved, understood, heard, and, and, and a, a good role model or an example in their life. I, I 100% agree. I mean, if if somebody, and if somebody's far from far from God or far from Jesus and, and is not a Christian or not following God, then who are we to tell them what they should or shouldn't be doing anyways? And like you said, we introduce them to Jesus. It's one beggar telling another beggar where to find bread. And then the Holy Spirit changes them. Like it's it's pride when we think if we tell them the certain thing and we try to be right, then it will change them. It has nothing to do with us. Yes. So, which is, which is where the Pharisees, I think, fell in trouble too, is, is the same oh, yeah, idea. yeah, absolutely. So anyways, that's that's who I want to be in my life. That's what I want to portray. I want to be an example uh, for people, but at the same time, just be real about like, dude, I have issues too, um, but I got gifts and talents and I want to help other people find their gifts and talents in the midst of me trying to figure out the process of me. So, yeah. And, and your podcast does a great job of showcasing that for your guests as well. Um, like I listened to uh, the Chad Johnson one. I love Chad Johnson, the man. I mean, I love that guy. Um, so, and, and I listened to the Matt Carter one and you've had other guests on and you do a real good job of, of helping them show their authenticity and show their strengths and their weaknesses in order to help other people um, know that they have strengths and they have weaknesses and no matter what, they can be used for God. Yeah, I, I really appreciate you saying that, and um, thank you so much for your kind words. I was I was thinking about that as you said that. You know, part of that comes from is I remember being in my early twenties and looking at these superstar quote unquote Christians yep. um, that were out there, and I, and thinking like, how could I ever be that good or that righteous, or how could God use me? And when I pull these stories out of people, and you listen to them, like all of a sudden you're like. 
oh my gosh, like they're no different than me. I can do this. Yeah, exactly. Um, so you also wrote a book, right? Uh, DIY Remodel Your Life. Uh, what, what is your book about? So uh, thanks for bringing that up. I forgot about that. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so okay, it's on my website. Uh, anybody check it out. It's on areyoureal.org. But um, what I have been a house flipper, remodeler, and home builder for uh, 19 years now. Okay. And um, I am all about parables. Uh, Jesus spoke in parables, but I, that's how I relate to concepts is like how life, different things overlap. Yep. And for me, like I look back, I was speaking to a, f- a friend of mine. He's a success coach and he's written tons of books. And I was just sitting down with him one day. And I'm like, dude, I don't, I just don't know how to write my book. I'm like, the only thing I understand is construction. I've done it for years. And, and then it just clicked as we were having this conversation, like, literally life is a process of remodeling. So what I did was, is, Oh, cause I told him, I said, God has completely changed my life in 19 years, but I don't know how to like get that out on paper without sounding like, um, all the cliche words and Christianese and all that stuff. So yeah. how do I get that out? And then I just realized I'm like, it is exactly like the process. If I was to go remodel your kitchen or bathroom or your home is dude, you start with demolition. And, um, and, uh, for some people, uh, I read a book, um, extreme ownership. I think it's a Navy seal wrote it, but I remember like in the first chapter of his book, and I'm about to do a, um, uh, speaking in January on this, but, um, uh, the topic I'm going to tell everybody just to like catch their attention is the number one thing is own your shit. Yeah. And, uh, and that, and, and this is what I mean by that. Like you got some, you own your house, right? Or yep. whether you're renting or own it, it's your house. You are going to have to decide uh, if you like it or not. And most of us have something to fix. Well, it's got to start with demolition. And that means tearing out the old thoughts, the old habits, and old beliefs. And then uh, all throughout the book, we go through from demo to rewiring to replumbing. Um, and then one of my favorites is, is once you work through all that stuff, you get to the sheetrock phase. And once you put sheetrock up, you get to decide what kind of texture you want and you get to decide what kind of, what color you want it painted. Now I could put on a really crappy texture or I could put on a beautiful texture, which is basically how I portray myself to the world. And then from there I get to decide, you know, do I want to go goth black or do I want to be <laughs> put on some grays and some whites and, and, or some bright colors and shine to the world yeah. and be everything that God's called me to be. And then, um, and I'm giving you a brief overview, but, and then the last chapter is warranty work. Um, you can fix your house, but in a couple of years, because things happen, um, those old things or some new things, sometimes they pop up and, uh, we got to go back and we got to address those issues. So I talk about that all. It's a short read. It's only like, I don't know, a hundred pages. It's 10 chapters. Um, but it's, it's a work through book and it allows people to the whole, this is what's cool. The, the, if you go on my website, the first chapter is free and it's all about finding purpose and who you are because you need to figure out who you are and find purpose to really work through the rest of your stuff. Cause if you don't know who you are, you can't, you can't put on any sheetrock or any, textures or paints you might as well forget it because if you don't know that then um forget it so anyways all that being said um that's a free giveaway on our website but it allows people to find purpose and then from there it's a walkthrough book you fill in stuff um to uh, basically just change your life the way god intended it to be 
Awesome. That, that sound, sounds great. Um, so last question, and then I'll let you run. Um, what are some things that when you look uh, back at your past and you look up at, at your upbringing, and I'm, I'm sure there's probably a lot of, I have a lot of answers for this as well, but what are some things that you wish that you did differently um, now that you're an adult and you, you wish you could have changed from your past? Um, man, the first thing that comes, comes to my mind is, um, one of the biggest regrets I would think I had is after I got sexually abused at 12, um, I, I was very promiscuous and, um, um, because of, I didn't have an identity of who I was. Yeah. So I found my identity in sleeping around and, um, uh, all through high school and college and stuff like that. And, and that carried over into, and God totally did a healing of that process, but I believe in soul ties. The Bible talks about them. I had to get a lot of deliverance, um, going through ministry, uh, getting delivered from soul ties and past stuff. Um, that, that was one of the biggest things I think for me that I regretted is, uh, obviously I wish I could have waited for my wife, but, um, but it's been a beautiful relationship since. And then, um, really just, uh, I think another one would, if I could go back in high school is I, I wish I knew of Jesus, but I didn't know him. And I wish I could have walked a more solid walk. But that being said, like, I look back and I'm like, do I really have any regrets? I mean, I really don't because, because of the heart that I have for people today, because I've walked through so many different issues of being a drug addict. Uh, I've been an alcoholic, a drug addict. I've been abused. I've done all these things. It gives me a, a broader range of heart for people and an understanding. So yes, did it suck? But at the same time, I am who I am today because of all the stuff that I went through. And I really can't say besides, you know, I wish I would have waited for my wife. That, that is really um, about the only thing that's ever bothered me because, like I said, that that's who I am today. And it gives me, a, I feel like, a bigger heart and an understanding for where people are at in life. Yeah, it's it's awesome. And it goes back to what we were saying earlier is, is um, God can use every situation. And no matter what you've done, um, God can take you and me and anyone's listening and and help them to flourish like we were saying earlier um and it starts with being authentic with who you are and um understanding the the love that god has for you the grace that god has for each one of us no matter what we've done um and i think that you do a great job with with your podcast just with with the way you're, you're even talking talking to me now um of just showing that through your life through your example of that God can take no matter any situation because I mean you you came from a bad situation and use it for his glory when you make it about him and not about us and and we put us down and lift him higher so you're doing a great job with it your podcast is doing a great job with it um, so really appreciate what you're doing and, and how you're helping the kingdom really yeah I pr- appreciate that again thank you and you know what's funny is my whole life or my whole life but you know for the last 19 years I've said you know love God and then love people but up until about three weeks ago, I just kind of had this epiphany driving down the road, and I was thinking, no, love God, love yourself, and it allows you to love people. Yeah, and when, that's awesome. And, that's great. And when we do that, I really believe it changes uh, the atmosphere of whether we're pastors or lay people or we're working in the business world, whatever it is that we do, when we start to love God 
figure out who we are, love ourselves for how God made us. And it allows us that overflow of that is to love people the way Jesus loves them, then all of a sudden, all the strife and envy and competition and all those things that all of us have struggled with at some time, we're able to lay those down and we can champion people for who they are and what God's put inside of them instead of being envious or jealous of, of what they have. Dude, man, that's that's awesome stuff. You're killing it, man. <laughs> Thanks, dude. Doing a great job. <laughs> and so um, why don't you give everybody just um, how they can find um, more about you, about your podcast, about your book. Just give them all that information. Man, thank you. So uh, I'm at areyoureal.org. You can spell it either way, R A R E or are you real? Doesn't matter. Dot org. Um, uh, go on to are you real pod on Instagram. We just hired a lady that's doing all our social media. So we're on Instagram. Are you real? Um, on Facebook, uh, Twitter. And then my book, uh, free download on the front page, uh, you get the first chapter to help you find purpose and kind of work through the way you were designed and to find that. And then, uh, man, if you want to connect, just shoot me, uh, get on our Facebook page. I love connecting with people. So if you'll post stuff, I'll respond. I love talking to people and, uh, anything I can do to help your audience, um, or just people, if they need stuff, man, just reach out, dude. I, I love, I love seeing people find purpose because when people find purpose, that is what what it's going to take uh, to change the church, to change the work environment, and ultimately bring what I feel like will be the last huge revival in, in this world we're going to see is people stepping into their identity and who they are. Awesome, man. And we'll have all the information that you gave on our show notes. So you can find all that there. So, John, thank you so much. We a little behind the scenes for everyone listening. This was not easy to get this interview done. Oh my gosh, <laughs> we, dude. we had so much crap we had to deal with. Um, first, uh, I had the wrong Skype thing, I guess, or something. And we were both waiting to, to interview each other or, and no, no one ever got the call. And then today Skype just Skype hates us. I think John Skype did not want dude, us to do it. I, yeah. I felt like this was a spiritual battle, dude. I'm <laughs> telling you between, between not being able to connect the first time, re rescheduling. And then, yeah, I spent 40 minutes trying <laughs> to get my Skype to work. So anyways, man, thank you for, for those of you that are listening, thank you for not even just listening, but working through all the editing and stuff that's going to have to take place for the show, man. Cause it's going to be, it's going to be a hard one. I'm sure. <laughs> hey, that's why, that's why we get paid the big bucks. You know, podcast. That's, that's, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> so, all right, John, thank you so much, buddy. All right, man. Thank you for listening to Not Your Mama's Christian Podcast. Make sure you subscribe and leave us a nice review. To support the podcast, you can go to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash nymchristianpodcast. Music provided by The Revived. Check them out at therevivedmusic.com. Stay connected with us by liking us on Facebook and following us on Twitter and Instagram.